The Hockey Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. We're also brought to you by GameTime. Snag the tickets without the stress. Use promo code SGPN on your first purchase to save $20. Download the GameTime app and use promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Play the Underdog Pick'em in college or NFL and win up to 20 times in one game. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Finally, we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Welcome to the Hockey Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am your host, Ryan Gilbert, here in the main seat, back again for the first time in months, uh, filling in for Talon Jenkins, some scheduling issues. But joining me, as always, is my co-host, Joel Meyer. How are we doing tonight, Joel? Doing pretty well. I just had a lot of work to do today on um, the college football NFL front. Good to have those sports back in action. But as for the past weekend, it was all about... Tennis, the U.S. Open. Uh, we, we got it done there with Coco Goff winning the uh, uh, the woman's side. And then uh, my man, Novak Djokovic, winning his 24th major, tying the the record with, uh, I don't remember the woman's name, but the most uh, majors ever for both men and women. Um, hell, hell, of a, hell of a weekend. Uh, it's a bit of irony, too, a delicious piece of irony, having uh, Moderna as the number one sponsor of the U.S. Open. And um, Novak Djokovic, of course, missed the last two U.S. Opens for not being vaccinated. And there he was. He was he was showcased as the shot of the day. Uh, we, we can't make this up. The shot of the day presented by Moderna. It was Djokovic uh, winning, winning the U.S. Open there. Um, yeah, absolutely love it. Uh, that was That was a big win for me. Made it worth missing out on the uh, the wilderness trip there, but uh, all is well that ends well. So uh, yeah, I didn't have to do any real hedging there, so that that was great. Um, we'll get into more of the unit. Gets back, but uh, yeah, as far as tennis goes, absolutely brilliant. And uh, good thing for the listeners who don't like me talking about tennis, you won't have to hear it until January. Australian Open get. Yeah, I was about to say, it's not, not another kind of thing for a while. But, uh, yeah, big big win for Djokovic. But uh, another uh, someone who, Aaron Rodgers, is not not a good uh, debut for him. <laughs> he, apparently his uh, Achilles heel was not was not immunized uh, uh, there. But I'm sure, yeah, we'll get more into football. But how, how was your first weekend of football? Oh, it's First great. weekend of NFL. It was great. It started off bad. I had two losing bets in the Chiefs-Lions game. I made the bets before Kelsey was uh, injured, though, so... Put a bit of an asterisk on that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the Sunday was awesome. I bet mostly unders. They all came through, and uh, sides went pretty much 50-50. So, excellent, excellent day. Uh, Bills, Jets, I had the Bills money line, and I thought that was cash in the bank after Rodgers went down. 
Um, but uh, that was not to be thanks to the, the Jets making their uh, defense work for it and getting the job done there. Um, but yeah, I also had the under in that game as well. So uh, pretty, pretty good result as well, considering I'm heavy on the Jets uh, missing the playoffs under nine and a half wins. And of course, not winning the fucking Super Bowl. So yeah, at the end of the day, of course, well wishes to Aaron Rodgers. He's no longer a Packer, so I can say that now. But uh, for a, for betting results and bankroll management, it's a great result. Yeah, it, it seemed like there were there were a lot of a lot of many games were closer than they should have been. Eagles barely held on against the Patriots. Not really sure what what they were doing there in the fourth quarter with some of the some of the play calling and stuff. Uh, Jalen Hurts sort of just slid instead of, instead of fumbling there. Talons, Talons Chargers back and forth game with the Dolphins. I'm sure he was pretty worked up about that one. Your Bears, too. What, what's going on there with, with, with Justin Fields? I, I heard it's just like horrible coaching. Uh, I don't think you can blame the coaching. He just can't pass the ball. It's is he, like is he every just not other... good? No, he's not good. He, he can run the ball, whatever. And But I guess the coaching can be blamed for using a different game plan than they did the last uh, half of last year. They're not using his legs as much. They're trying to get him to throw because it is a passing league at the end of the day. Uh, but it's an Ohio State quarterback, and we've seen them have um, uh, if they we've seen them fail to meet expectations over the past uh, I don't know 20, 30 years. So it's it's not too surprising that way, uh, considering how how awesome the Ohio State offense traditionally is, and how many excellent receivers they have. The play calling is, is elite there, and it's not the same thing when you go to the Bears. So it's not surprising that he, he can't find the same kind of success there. Uh, but at the end of the day, you do need to, you know, he just has a bad mechanics, bad throwing motion. And of course the, yeah, the offensive line is a little better than it was in the past, but it, it's still not good enough. Um, I, I had low expectations for the bears. I didn't really bet on them or against them. I think I bet a little bit at the beginning, the crazy number from the winner division, but that, that's, that's dead. That's dead. They're not winning the fucking division. Uh, best, best today scenario now is just, uh, Panthers, Go down and the Bears go down. We get two top five picks because mm-hmm. uh, we, we do have the Panthers uh, uh, first round pick thanks to them moving up uh, to get Bryce Young, who also didn't look too great uh, on Sunday. Yeah, and then we got, we got the, the Giants looking just just terrific against the Cowboys. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who the Jets go with that quarterback. I'm not sure if they can stick with Zach Wilson or if they're, they'll trade for somebody or have like Matt Ryan come out of retirement. I think that's probably no good options there, but it, it was good to see, uh, see Tua back uh, against, against Talon's charges there Tua is my, my fantasy quarterback. So good, good to see him uh, perform while, while, while he's healthy for now. Yeah. I, that was, I think that was the one under I did lose. Actually. I did not win that under, uh, but that was a great game to watch either way. I did not expect the, the Chargers to play, that way defensively it was like totally different one than how they played last year which was a surprise it's kind of weird because that's the same head coach who is supposed to be a defensive mind um but yeah chargers defensively i don't know what they're i don't know what they're doing um one more thing though we'll go back to college football texas beating alabama absolutely brilliant result for me um hell of a game too quinn ewers the real deal he's a, he's the favorite for the heisman now in some books which is great i don't think he should be though it's got a little out of control there but uh, Texas beating Alabama was absolutely brilliant. The SEC is definitely down now with um, Texas A&M, LSU, Alabama already losing. Georgia doesn't look quite as great as in years past, but uh, still a long season to go. Uh, but, yeah, it's funny that the Pac-12 continues to win games. 
in the last year of their existence while they get gobbled up by all these other conferences. So yeah, it's going to be a, a, a fun season for sure. This, this, this week is kind of down on the, the marquee matchups, but uh, it's college football. Like you can watch, um, I don't know, ball state Toledo it can turn into a classic. Uh, you don't need these, uh, the brand names to enjoy the any college football slate. So I'm not too uh, disappointed about this this uh, week two slate. But you got the backyard brawl, West Virginia, West Virginia Pitt. Exactly, exactly. It's a great game. Like, there's freaking 50 games every week, and there's going to be good games no matter what. So uh, I'm not crying about that like some others. Oh, why do they schedule like this? Blah 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 blah. <laughs> but uh, week three is definitely got the uh, the marquee matchups on deck, uh, highlighted by you know, Clemson FSU and uh, Ohio State Notre Dame and the like. Yeah, uh, enough of that. Football's back in full swing, which means hockey's going to be back in full swing, which is which is why we're recording a two-man show. Hadn't done one of these since since June, but uh, getting back into the swing of things, wanted to record for you guys. Had had some uh, some news and whatnot here. Before we get into that, make sure you check out the website, all the other shows. You know, tons of tons of things going on in the world of sports. As Talon always says, baseball seems to be picking up. I've I've been hitting on some uh, home run picks recently that have been trey turner on tuesday night especially with my, my article there so that's been going well for me uh mma is going on big upset mma right DraftKings had like a guy that was minus 600 boosted to plus 100 and he lost was that this weekend fuck if i don't man mma is is all uh it's after college football college football saturdays that that's all i care uh, about even hockey secondary to it but uh af- after the season ends in december then i'll be back into the into the fights Check out the uh, MMA Gambling Podcast with our boy Jeff Fox there, old Gray Bush, for all the information. Yeah, All the other shows on the website, all that good stuff. Of course, make sure you're subscribed to the Hockey Gambling Podcast on wherever to your podcast. If that's on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star rating and review. Same thing on Spotify. And uh, follow us on Twitter, at HockeySGPN. We have a uh, new and improved intern on there doing some, uh, some, uh, some fire tweets there. So hopefully to see that continue to grow. And straight of course, out of China. Straight, straight out of China. Yeah. Uh, of course, get in the Discord, sg.pn slash Discord, or reach out to to myself or the Twitter account or uh, some, I don't know, some college, uh, go to some bullshit college football game. Joel will be watching it, and, and, you, and you can ask him there. Not bullshit. Uh, <laughs> but I'll be watching it. Yeah. Um. Uh, all right. Let, let's get into the, the, the first bit of news there before we, before we do anything. Uh. The talk of the town, talk of the town, talk of the league this week uh, so far has been uh, Columbus Blue Jackets' new head coach, Mike Babcock. Apparently, uh, Paul Bizanet of the Spin and Chicklets podcast of Barstool Sports. Uh, basically, it seemed like he was trying to make some headlines by saying, oh, Babcock was ax- asking, asking players for their phones. We could look through their pictures to see what kind of players they are or what kind of people they are. But, like, you know, it turns out, like, no, Johnny Goudreau came out and said this. Boone Jenner came out and made a statement like, no, he was asking you like, hey, hey, like trying to get to know you. What, what, what the, the guy are you like? Show him, like, show him what you like to do in the summer. So like the players would show them the photos on the phone. Is what it seemed like. All blown out of proportions. So that's what, what it mostly seemed like. But also, this is going to be what Mike Babcock is going to be under. Uh, they're going to be under the microscope all, all season long based on how he – went out in Toronto based on all, everything that's come out uh, about him since then. But also if the, if this was, if this was such a huge deal, it would have happened before. Now we would have heard in the months leading up to him being hired. Oh, Babcock, like these players would have came out against them before that. So this is just, you know, I think business trying to make headlines. Babcock's going to be under the microscope because he, he deserves that now, but 
if this was like some young head coach being like, hey, show me some of your family, let's try to like connect and whatnot, people would love it. But because it's Babcock, people hate it. Right. People have their preconceived notions about him. So if something like this takes root and is broadcast by, uh, well, you named the podcast, Bitten Chicklets, who have a, a massive audience, then, uh, you know, Twitter's going to go mad. And that that's the real story for me is just, uh, you know, it goes back to the whole, you know, the, the whole cancel culture that that is Twitter. Like as soon as somebody makes something uh, more than what it really is, they, they, they make it like 10 times the problem than it really is. And uh, all of a sudden there's this cause like, oh, he's the same old guy, blah, 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 get him fired. And then they, they freaking initiate <laughs> an NHL investigation, which lasted all about, what, 30 minutes to uh, figure out the truth of the matter? Well, apparently so, it's still ongoing. NHLPA is still actively reviewing the allegations, but yeah, it, it's nah, yeah, right. it was cleared up. I thought I saw that. They're pretty much done. Um, but regardless, it, it's it's just much ado about nothing. Um, just Vilea, uh, like you said, just looking for clicks. For uh, yeah, you yeah. But these days, when you're that massive in terms of the content space, in, in you got to have some kind of integrity. That, that you got to actually know something before you just say shit and, and create this uh, snowballing effect of of people. Um, you know, they, they 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 listen to that and then they, they follow it up and then uh, it creates this snowball effect where uh, people want to fire him. They think it's the same old guy, blah, 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 blah. He's building Marner again, whatever. And it, it doesn't make any sense considering the uh, the actual what's going on in the locker room. So, yeah, at the end of the day, it's just uh, part of our world now. Like uh, one one little thing mentioned on a on a big a big platform becomes this uh, crazy other thing that can cost people their livelihoods. So I have a big problem with that in general. And this is just another example that, uh, yeah, I, Bobcock, whatever, he might've done some bad things back in the day, but nothing that's, that's caused that should cause him to be under this microscope. I don't think, uh, he's an old school coach, whatever, like, uh, uh, we'll trust the players, what, what they actually say. And you actually have to know, the mentality in that locker room and know what they're coming from before you actually spot spew this bullshit. Um, yeah, a, a big problem with that, but, uh, yeah, it's more of a, more of the macro perspective for me in terms of this story. I don't know the details either or either way, but yeah, I just have a big problem with, with, uh, spouting rumors as if they're true, or even just giving them voice, giving voice to rumors that knowing that they will create more, uh, bad energy or, or bad uh, press for, for uh, a certain person who's trying to get back his, his livelihood. Yeah, especially with this case, it's like, okay, where are the rumors coming from? They're coming from Paul Buzanet, who we know already doesn't like Babcock, already, you know, may not even be the most reliable source for anything. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I mean, he's a, he's a fun guy, is whatnot, but I'm not sure how he's gotten as big as he is. And, uh, the opening sentence of this defector article by Barry Pacheski uh, sums it up pretty well. When Paul Bizonette, who sucks, accused Mike Babcock, who sucks, of doing a shitty thing, it put every hockey fan in the conundrum of having to believe one asshole or another. Which is, yeah, uh, but both sides have reason to, to be doubted. And it's just making making something out of nothing here. You know, players reported to camp. Bizonette was probably still friendly with a few Ducks players. But like, oh, how's Babcock doing? How's Babcock doing? And he, he's trying to just, like, ramp this up and, you know, Get, get attention, get, get clicks. As you said, Joel, this is what this is what happens nowadays, and it's it's up to you to be smarter than the the, the 
the all the hubbub around these rumors and whatnot. It's it's up to the the consumer of the content to be like, okay, does this make sense? And you know what? More often than not, it probably doesn't. So just just be wary of where you get information. Uh, some toilet right. emojis out there. Yeah, the, the the consumer you can't trust them to be smart enough to read between the lines and actually investigate this stuff. They'll see a headline and they'll fucking believe it. So I, that makes it on the the prerogative of the content creator hashtag content creator to uh, do his own research and and come up with something that's actually true before just spewing random shit like uh, looking for clicks, like you said. Yeah. Um. Anything Anything else on that? Or good to move on. Good to move on. Go Blue Jackets. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't want to discuss the Blue Jackets. Um, I asked in the Discord if there's any odds for the first coach fired out there, because like, if Babcock is just sick of this shit, maybe they, maybe I'm not sure if he would step down or something. But the Blue Jackets can be good this year. I mean, I, I want to see what Babcock can do with, with a talented team: Gaudreau, Jenner, Line, Fantilli fell right into their lap. They should have got Carlson, but I think they're going to be pretty decent this year, especially getting a uh, Wierenski, Provorov. They have a have a good solid group there. No, they should have gotten Will Hill. That's who my bet was on. I Will think Smith. they would have gone with Will Hill. Or Will Smith. <laughs> Will Hill. <laughs> Not the book. Uh, yeah, Will Will Smith. Uh, thanks. Um, yeah, that, that would have been a nice cash for me. Man. Fucking, uh-huh. uh, fucking ducks took uh, William Carlson with, with or Leo Carlson. Fucking Wills everywhere, um, <laughs> which screwed everything up. But, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, I don't think that I would bet on Babcock to be fired first. New coach there. He's going to get a bit of a long leash. Columbus is not a major uh, hockey market, so we're not going to get... Uh, he's not going to get attacked as in uh, certain other markets. Very true, very true, yes. All right, uh, DraftKings uh, football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. So get in on the NFL two, week two action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code SGP to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call one hundred gambler. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. And game time, buying tickets to your favorite event should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Uh, they got great flash deals and last-minute tickets, making it a great game time app experience. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event. You get the images of the seat view so you know exactly what to expect before you arrive. And, of course, they have their lowest price guarantee. Uh, buy met tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you are set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone. Don't have to dig through any email or whatnot. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Right, there were uh, two new captains named in the NHL, uh, two Canadian captains, actually, over the the past few weeks. First one is in uh, Vancouver. Take it away. Sure, yeah, Quinn Hughes, uh, of course, no surprise there. He's already got a brother who's a captain at a very young, or he's not the captain, actually. He's he's a, I think he's an assistant captain, associate captain. uh, He's sure he's a captain, right? Yeah, Hitcher's the captain, but uh, Hughes should be uh, at least uh, an associate captain there. 
Um, is that the word or is it associate or is it, is it, is it alternate? Alternate. That's the alternate. Word. alternate right? he, 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 yes, he, he does. He does wear the A. Just make, just make it simple. He wears the A. He wears the A. Yeah. So uh, I'm a big fan of the Hughes family, the way that they've been going. Um, just a uh, great, great. Uh, great leaders, I think. And uh, the Canucks, they, they're a very young team. I mean, uh, you're not going to make JT Miller captain considering uh, everything that's going on um, with him in, in terms of the locker room, whatever. I, I don't buy, for the record, I don't buy into the, you know, the, the struggles or the uh, discontent with him or whatever. Uh, that's that's largely media-driven. But uh, at the same time, he's he, I don't think he's captain material. Quinn Hughes is the future of the team. He's bought into the, the Vancouver culture. He's beloved here. And he'll be here for a long time. Uh, big long contract too. So yeah, Quinn Hughes is the right guy for the job. Um, he's one of the best defensemen in the league at this point. So yeah, that, that makes total sense. Um, Adam Lowry, for his part, uh, and the Jets. He yeah, that, that also makes complete sense. He's been with the organization for a while. Uh, yeah, he's, he's been in the locker room um, for better or for worse for a long while. And, uh, yeah, after uh, Blake Wheeler lost his job as that uh, captain, and uh, they needed to pick somebody new. And Adam Lowry is the right fit. He's not the best player on the team by any means, but I think he's got a strong voice in the locker room, so that doesn't make, uh, not make me surprised at all. Yeah, this is like the two types of captains you get. You either get like the young star player in the Quinn Hughes that's you know the, the face of the franchise, going to be the face of the franchise for a long time. You know, I thought maybe maybe Pedersen could be captain, but I, I guess Quinn Hughes does make more sense. He is locked up for longer, and I guess Pedersen probably more more soft spoken or whatnot. But yeah, it, it's I think Quinn Hughes is is the the good choice for for Vancouver, as we said. And then yeah, uh, the, the complete opposite in, in Winnipeg. It's it's not their best player. It's not someone that's going to even play in their top six. But it's someone who's been there now for this will be his tenth season in in Winnipeg. He's been there. Through the struggles, he's going to see this out through the end of his contract. He's there through 2026. So, yeah, he's going to kind of bridge the gap between Wheeler and whoever the next you know, young star they have there is. Maybe eventually Kyle Connor can step up into that. He's he's 26. Uh, Ehlers, 27. But I think Lowry is like that. Yeah, the, the like third line center type you see out there. can't think of any else off the top of my head. But like Scott Lawton is probably going to be the Flyers captain. That, that's who... He's kind of that that type of player. But yeah, I think it's uh, kind of surprising that Adam Lowry. I, I thought maybe Kyle Connor would get it, but they need a new voice in that. Or they need a, a new leadership voice in that room, and Adam Lowry has been there a while. It speaks to Shifley maybe not being there long term either, because uh, you know he's only got one year left on his deal and uh, can be moved. So obviously that's a sign where he's going to go. Uh, and you mentioned Pedersen as well. He's only got one year left on his deal as well. And he's looking to uh, make the uh, make a leap somewhere else, potentially, uh, considering or depending on how uh, the Canucks do this year. So you can't give the captaincy to a guy who's uh, on the brink of maybe leaving somewhere else. But, yeah, that just goes to show that uh, Quinn Hughes is all bought in. So that, that shows the faith that the organization has in uh, another Hughes bro. Yeah, absolutely there. Um, And kind of a moving on to kind of a, a – not a significant signing, but someone that I was shocked was still out there on the, on the uh, free agent market. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche signed Tomas Tatar to a one-year, $1.5 million deal. Tatar is still 32 years old, played, played last year with 
the uh, Jersey Devils put up 20 goals, 28 assists. Year before, had 15 goals in 76 games, 25, 22 goals with with the Canadians. You know, a few years before that, I think he's. This is a great signing by the Avs. It gives them some, some uh, another you know good winger depth there with with Landeskog likely missing the entirety of the season in playoffs. But uh, yeah, what do you think about the Tatar signing? Well, this was a guy that was uh, linked to us all season long, all off season long. Um, but uh, uh, Joe Sackick is doing his thing, and Chris McFarland is, is learning from the best, and he waited him out. He saw that the market was not going to pay this guy too much money, so uh, he decided to wait until September before signing him, uh, whereas this guy would have cost uh, a little bit more if he signed him earlier. So, yeah, great job by uh, the Avs management, as usual, getting him this late. Tatar is a is a nice five-on-five player, excellent numbers there, two-way guy. Um, provided some crucial depth for the Avalanche, which was a, a, a major, major uh, deficiency in their team last year. Um, uh, but, the, but this year, putting him in there, it, it, it's uh, it's going to replace some guys. Like um, uh, he's going to play on a line with uh, Miles Wood and Ross Colton, most likely. So he'll push Logan O'Connor down into the fourth line role. And uh, he could even go up to the top line if, if Jonathan Drouin just uh, lays an egg like uh, many people expect, which uh, I kind of expect, but you never know. Uh, the guy has uh, extreme talent, so it could come together finally. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is important to get this, this kind of guy for the regular season, especially considering how beaten up the Avs have been in the past few years in terms of injuries, especially last year. So, yeah, great depth signing. Not going to do much in the playoffs for you if uh, history is any – indicator considering he was um i think he was what like a point or two with the devils last year and then uh, uh three years ago he was scratched the entire postseason by the canadians so that's that's not good that way but uh so far as regular season goes this guy is a player and he'll be an absolute boost to that third line um yeah a bit of a reunion too with um miles wood there from the Devils as well as Lekkonen and uh, Drouin from the the Canadians team uh, a few years ago. So yeah, I love this love this player as a regular season guy. I love the signing. It's a just a great great budget deal. Plus, it's exactly one year to the day, <laughs> September twelfth, that they sign Evan Rodriguez for about the same price at the same uh, same one year deal. So there's it, a bit of a, a pattern developing in the Avs organization, just waiting out these guys late in the uh, off season cycle and getting for cheap. So you'll love to see it. Yeah, I think the important thing is here is that he's going to start in the third line. Yeah, but if there's an injury, like you said, if Druin can't can't play top line minutes, it gives them they can move Tatar into the, into the top six. It's not going to be a Miles Wood or Logan O'Connor or, or Cogliano if he has to move up. It's going to be someone who has played top six minutes before, has performed as a top six winger before. So I think that's a, a great signing by uh, by the Avs there. And did you see that McFarland said the Avs are hoping Landis God can be back for the playoffs? You think think there's any any truth to that? Or you think it's just like a, a best case scenario, like hoping for the best? I did see that, and obviously I am hoping that there is some truth to that. But uh, after all last year, waiting for it to happen, like every every couple months, be like, oh he's skating, oh he's skating, and it never materialized until he had to get that surgery. And yeah, it'll be a small miracle if he's available for the playoffs, but. Uh, I'd rather hear him say that than the opposite, like uh, uh, don't get your hopes up or the like. Um, so, yeah, I, there's a possibility for sure. Like if 
the surgery went well and he makes a full recovery, the guy is an absolute beast and a warrior, so he'll play for the pain if it comes down to that kind of uh, threshold. But, yeah, that would be a massive boost if they get this guy back for the playoffs with, um, without having to deal with the cap structure penalties at that point. So that would be, that'd be a bonus for sure. But uh, at the end of the day, just want to see the guy get back on his feet and uh, have a healthy rest of his life. Yeah, maybe maybe he'll pull on Mark Stone and just miraculously be ready to go at the uh, the, the first game of the of the playoffs. At least we announced him out for the rest of the whole freaking <laughs> season ahead of time. Yeah. Um. All right. We are also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Uh, win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL and NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with historical de- stats and data. Enter any enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame's bets revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. So stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets and underdog fantasy as a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. This week's special promotion, they're giving away $100,000. All you have to do is make a pick selection that includes Tua's passing yards, uh, 277 and a half higher or lower underdog is going to select 10 random winners to give out $10,000 each to. So watch along, make your picks and maybe make a little cash over on underdogs, mobile app or website underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up with the promo code SGPN underdog will double your first deposit of up to $100. That's underdog fantasy promo code SGPN. All right. Uh, summer vacation is over and school is back in back in session. Take it away. Professor Joel. Yeah, uh, today we're going to talk about a little um, uh, categorization between top-down betting versus bottom-up betting. This is another term that's been borrowed from the uh, investor world, stock market world, what have you, uh, where the top-down approach is somewhere where the investor takes the overall macro and economic scenario, the uh, he looks at certain areas that'll do well and then picks off little little stocks in that market that'll do well as opposed to the bottom up approach where the investor uh considers stocks independent of where they are so he's looking at the a certain stock uh, regardless of of um whatever sector it's in or or wherever the uh, the market might project that kind of uh sector goes and that that applies to sports betting when we look at the the market as a whole, we, we we consider the market as a as an efficient thing, a mostly efficient thing, especially in um in um uh in markets where there's a lot of money involved, right? It's not we're not talking about prop bets, we're not talking about uh you know Olympic gymnastics or what have you. We're talking about uh, NFL, college football, NHL money lines, right? The where there's a lot of money going into it, and where we assume that the the money going into it creates this efficient market, mostly efficient. It's not totally efficient, but mostly. And uh, we we can judge 
how we're doing based on closing line value. So if, if you make a bet a day before a line closes and you get uh, 20, 30 cents of value compared to the closing line, you're, you're doing well. That's the top down approach because you're, you're making bets based on where you think that's going to go. Um, and it's also figured into like, let's say you get some um, injury info before the market adjusts to it. That's uh, part of the top down approach. Uh, it, it's also even, let's say you, uh, you, 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 even your buying picks can be considered a kind of top-down approach because you're getting from a sharp handicapper, and if you bet the line before it moves, then then you're joining in with, with this top-down approach. Uh, on the other hand, we have the bottom-up approach, which is purely originating lines. Um, you're looking at uh, handicapping the game in themselves, regardless of where the market is, for the most part. Um, you're looking at matchups, that kind of thing. You're adjusting, you're making your own adjustments for the injuries and you're creating your own lines. And, um, and that, that kind of thing kind of doesn't totally disregard the market. You should never totally disregard the market, but in general, uh, you're looking at your own line as, as its own entity, like a insulated thing. And then you can pick off lines according to that. Um, whereas the top down approach, you want to pick off bad lines on certain books who are maybe slow to market and um, uh, where, you, where you can make the most uh, uh, make the most of that closing line value we, we get the a line compared to the the closing line and obviously there's there's um sharp books that allow you to do this allow you to judge where the line is going those certain uh, market indicators reading the market is all about it uh, that's that's the top-down approach um and uh, that, that's that's generally what I do for most part. I mean, the only time I really do the bottom approach is, is NHL, where it's the only sport I really originate lines myself. But even there, I'm I'm still taking into account the market. I'm heavily adjusting my power rankings based on where the market is going and the like, and then how the market treats certain teams. Uh, but uh, in general, I, I do follow the top-down approach. And uh, yeah, that, that that's that's basically the, the summary of it. But uh my right my main point though is that you, you should never be blindly following someone's picks because that 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 would be the top-down approach but you need to be dis, uh discerning in terms of who you're following whom you're following um because you, you can't just uh, blindly follow somebody that uh is a losing better of course or uh if you follow him then you should know what what lines he's betting you can't just be following lines that are like off market like 15 20 cents 25 cents 30 cents off of what he's betting you, you can't just do that that that's uh, uh you'll never win that way even if the guy you're following is a winning better you'll never win because he's betting things that are way off market than what you're betting at so uh yeah like if you if you're, don't blindly bet us and if you are then uh all credit to you we're, we're doing a good job i guess for uh getting more uh stupid listeners but um no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be uh, blindly following somebody. And if you do blindly follow somebody, you should really that you trust in. You should be betting freaking everything that he bets. Because let's say that a guy is uh, he wins at 57, 58 percent on a minus 110 market, uh, and you got to factor in how much you're paying him. Or if it's free, then you don't have to worry about that. But most of the time, you're paying for these picks. And uh, you also have to follow exactly what he's given. Otherwise, you introduce your own kind of um, biases into the thing, into the approach. So, uh, 
that, that that's what will get you in trouble because that that means that you are involving yourself like you can't just pick off certain things oh, i like this guy I like i like the, what this, this guy said at this spot but i don't like what he said at that spot um but uh you have to be you have to determine who you are as a better basically like you have to to know what what your talents are and what you if, if you trust yourself to to know what this guy is giving is good and you will follow him in certain places that's fine but if, if you're just blindly betting somebody you got to follow him all the way otherwise you're just uh introducing your own biases and your own fa- uh, frailties and you'll end up losing at the end of the day because you'll end up paying both the handicapper if you're buying picks and the vig and uh, whatever you know the, the, the negative prices because if it's a good handicapper Generally speaking, the line will move uh, pretty quickly. So if, if you're not getting down pretty quickly, then uh, you'll end up losing. So, yeah, it's basically just a quick lesson on how to follow certain betters and how to how to use um, what they're telling you. And, and, and in so doing, learning your own strengths and weaknesses. Um, but, yeah, that, that was just a, a rambling, rambling lesson on the top-down approach versus the bottom-up approach. And... Um, uh, it, it's it's generally speaking a good idea to to follow the top-down approach because it's, it's it's very easy to follow once you learn the lessons you can apply it across multiple sports whereas the bottom-up approach you got to build your own model you got to build your own power rankings you got to originate lines you got to uh, considering the worth of a player it's a lot of hard work doing the bottom-up approach whereas the top-down approach it's a lot easier but it, it also involves a lot of stuff that's not so fun like just just reading fucking lines and following the the odd screen and and where markets go um so yeah that's just a, a fucking uh a rambling rant of uh, <laughs> of uh, something that that's a uh, very crucial in this space yeah no that that, that was a fantastic there I, I have a few few comments few few questions just to make sure like i'm i'm understanding it listeners understanding it what, what a few things you said towards the end there is you have to bet everything they bet. Like I, I see this happen even in our Discord. They're like, okay, Ryan and Joel pick this team. I also pick this team. I'm gonna bet it. But Ryan and Joel pick this team. I didn't pick this team, so I'm not gonna bet it. Like if you're if you're tailing somebody, you have to tail all their picks because otherwise you're gonna bring in your own bias, like you said. Maybe you're only gonna tail them when they're have a cold week, and then you're gonna be like, oh, they were cold, they were losers. Then you, you're and you don't hop back on. You don't. Just stay true throughout the whole thing. If if this is someone that you know is a winning better in the end, and and you're, that's what you're trying to do, that's what you have to do. So basically, t- and then okay, any any, any uh, reaction to that? That makes sense. No, no, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay. uh, like I said, yeah, yeah, you can't just um, you can't just pick and choose. Otherwise, you become your own handicapper. Like oh, I like this one, but I don't like what he's yeah. doing here. Uh, you, you can't blame the the original handicapper at that point because you're you're at the end of the day you're you're the one making the the mistake of picking the wrong lines. That's that's introducing your own bias. Yeah, and, and then going to the, uh, I feel like like bottom 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 up is like the definition of people that say, oh, you only pay juice when you lose. It's like you're you're going to bet this team no matter what the price is. It's it, that's kind of not it, that's not where where you went with it, but like I feel like some like casual betters like oh I'm gonna bet this is my favorite team I'm gonna bet them no matter what or like oh the Chiefs are so much better than the Lions I'm gonna bet them no matter what the price is like stuff like that and also another comparison I made is like yeah you, you said you have to like follow follow the lines you have to be smart about it no matter what you have to know either what information you're following or what information you're kind of digging into to make your own lines, to make your own power rankings, to make whatever. So it's basically like, it's basically you can either go out and hunt, hunt your food, or you can spend 
more time, you know, hunting for the best deal at the grocery store, taking the train to get there, having to deal with people there and whatnot. And you both get to the same outcome, but like one is going to be better for whatever type of better you are. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, what I would go, I don't think that there's necessarily a better or worse approach. I think the, the better one it's whatever fits, the, fits, fits for the person. It's like them finding what works for them. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Um, but the bottom up approach is better in terms of you don't have to worry so much about, uh, like say like getting, getting limited, like the top down approach will get you limited because the, the markets will, the, the books mm-hmm. will know, uh, you're, you're following these lines and we're going to fucking shut you down. Cause you're doing all the smart things. Whereas the bottom up approach, they don't know what the fuck your, your numbers are. And if you're winning there, they, they, they could just chalk it up to uh, variance, to random results. Um, so that's a, definitely a benefit of the bottom-up approach if you're creating your own model and you're if you're beating the number. And uh, not necessarily even beating the number. Like You can get the worst closing line value if your own uh, market is – or if your own model is, uh, is different than the market. So that's definitely an advantage of the bottom-up approach. It's just that, uh, it, that it's very hard to do, especially in these, these major markets like the NFL – the NHL, the uh, whatever. I mean, in terms of like uh, prop markets and, and small stuff, like you can do this all day long. The bottom up approach, it's it's very uh, it's easy to do that. In like if you're if you're handicapping darts, for example, bottom up approach will be very lucrative. Um, but uh, I I find it much more uh, successful for me anyway with the major markets, the top down approach, because you're getting like these. Uh, you know, five, six figure betters making the making the market move and doing the work for you. And you can just kind of like ride the coattails if you know how to read the market. You can know where they're going to go if if you know how to do so. Uh, so that, that's the advantage there. It's just that you'll get limited faster doing that than in uh, the bottom up approach where you have your own numbers, your own model where you can um, basically do what you want. And if, if it's if your model is a, a good one, then that's absolutely the right way to go. Uh, that, that's how, honestly, that's, that's where you become like the market mover in the end. If, if you're betting enough and you make the markets move, then you don't even have to worry about reading the market. You could just uh, bet your own numbers and, and you won't even, you know, eventually you might get limited to some books if, if they uh, read how, how successful you are. But, uh, early on before you have to scale up, that's absolutely the, the, the ideal approach is just, it's, it's a, it's a cat and mouse game. You might say there's a. You got to read who you are, where you are in your uh, betting journey. Just put it cornerly. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just uh, uh, understanding these these little things. This is just a little introduction. Uh, but I hope I I don't think that our listeners really know this stuff. That's that's why I'm bringing it up here. No, and like last year, I'm assuming the season you're gonna do some uh, like making of your own lines and whatnot, right? Oh yeah, I mean I'll have my own my own power rankings, but. Uh, they're conditioned by the market at the end of the day. I don't have this this uh, impressive model where I'm just making stuff and fuck the market. This is my number. I don't give a fuck where <laughs> Pinnacle has the number. I'm going to bet this anyway. No, I'm, I'm paying attention to where the teams are moving, where, where lines are moving, totals, whatever. And I'm adjusting my stuff accordingly. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's good to have those, those stuff anyway. It's good to have like a, a mix of both. In a lot of cases, um, especially in hockey, where you're, you're spending so much attention, or we are spending so much attention, uh, to have a, a mix of both, I think would be ideal. Yeah, I think the best thing to do is, if you can, look at a game before you see what the odds are. Be like, okay, what would I bet 
I think this team is going to win. What would I bet them at? Or like, okay, this team is probably going to be an underdog. What price do I need to bet them at? So like, it, it's it's like a, a yeah, it's figuring out what. It's not necessarily having a model or having a system or whatnot, but like, go in with your own knowledge. Look the stats of the recent of their recent games and like back to back or whatnot, and, and go in like, okay, this is what I would bet it at, and then see if it's see where the market's at, just to see where to compare where you're at. And and you mentioned Pinnacle as being one of the sharp books. I know not every not every sharp book is sharp at every market. Do you have any specific books for for hockey, for football, for specific totals versus money line, anything like that? What do you mean for? Well, like Pinnacle is like typically like the the sharp book you look at, right? Yeah, that's one of the few. Circa at Chris Bookmaker is kind of same thing. Okay, and like are either of them like? you know Pinnacle's good for this one thing, but not necessarily the sharpest on on another? Or are they typically like good across the board? They're pretty good across the board in terms of major markets. Um, when you're getting down in the weeds, certain books are better at other things. Um, I know Pinnacle has this thing with the uh, like uh, eSports. So, so for some reason, they're, they're deeply invested there, but uh, they might be less invested in like, I don't know, European basketball. Uh, but uh, that's getting into the weeds of it. But uh, generally speaking, in the major markets, they're all pretty much the same. The same people are betting into them. Uh, it just matters where you're from. Like people in Vegas are betting it. The sharp people in Vegas are betting at Circa generally. Pinnacle is more of a European, um, uh, uh, Caribbean thing. Um, yeah, it, it, they're generally speaking, the, the syndicates are betting in the same places. Uh, it, but uh, so far as the major markets go, I don't think there's too much of a difference there. You'll, you'll find differences between the lines, whatever, between these books, even the sharp books. But uh, I don't think that they they really specialize in terms of these major markets because they're getting most of the action in them anyway. Yeah, makes sense. Shout out Circa. That's where uh, Sean and Ryan go a bunch of times. I'm pretty sure. Um, anything else on that, or anything else you want to discuss at all? Um. Oh yeah, there's one final thing. Just this is why that I get this is why I get so triggered by the betting split shit because the top-down approach is is basically it's being caricatured by the betting splits. It's like oh look how much money is on the handle, look how much money or look how much money they're getting, look how many uh, bets they're getting. Like oh, we got to pick and choose, we got to we got to find where all the money's going, we got to fade where all the bets are going uh, because it, it it totally disregards the where the money is coming from exactly and when it's betting like uh, i've been over this multiple times but we've got to say it again it's just the, the betting splits don't make any sense because it's always behind the times like if you could have real life numbers if you could actually see the money that say pinnacle is getting then yeah and then you could see where the line moves at the same time okay it might have some value but even then the line is going to move when the right bettors are betting so even then, it, it, it's it's irrelevant because the line will move when the right bettors come in. So all you have to do is watch the line because the, the public money is more or less irrelevant, like in the major markets, uh, unless it's like the Super Bowl or something ridiculously massive, like, like uh, I don't know, maybe Colorado is getting a little bit of love in the college football world because so much public money is coming in on it. But in general, the sharp money is what moves the line. And that's all you need to pay attention to. It, and you need to get in there before that sharp money comes. If it comes in after, then it's irrelevant because the sharp money is already in there. They bet at a certain number. You can't just come in there when it's moved 20 cents. Like the uh, betting splits will tell you, oh, look how much they moved it, blah, blah, blah. So we're going to bet it like late and we're going to pay, uh, I don't know, an extra 30, 40 cents. So that, that's just uh, what, what triggers me about it because what I do 
and how I have success is caricatured by the, the betting splits approach because it is just uh, it's the cheap uh, public way of uh, approaching the same thing that I do. So I just want to get that clarified once again. Yeah, and you you do see that a lot now with football starting up. People are like, oh, this this is the the biggest, this is what the the book needs after after a long day. This is what the book needs on Sunday night football. This is what the splits are. It's like no, fade the public. But not, not none of that matters. Like you said, the sharp money is what's moving it, and then the public money comes in. Other follow, other tailing that or against it. Like it's it's yeah, you need you need real time splits if you're gonna do do anything with that. And then even then, it, you don't know you don't know the the full picture. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think this was a good little, good little news talk. Going to be doing probably more of these this season, hoping to get more, more daily episodes out. Um, I think we're going to be continuing our kind of division, division by division previews. I think potentially Thursday night if, if, uh, after the, the Eagles game or if not, um, Friday, but I feel like talent might also be away there, but yeah, stay tuned, um, for that. Of course, make sure you, uh, subscribe to the hockey on podcast, sg.pn slash hockey for Apple, sg.pn slash hockey s for Spotify and find us in the discord, sg.pn slash discord and get on us on Twitter at hockey sgpn. Got some uh, got some good new memes and new, good new intern there, so make sure you check that out. And I am Ryan Gilbert. You can follow me on Twitter at rgilbertsop. I'm Joel Minus. I'm going for refills in that pasta, man. That was fucking delicious. See ya. Mm-hmm.